Welcome to the Dead Format, episode 106. My name is Ian McEwen, and I'm joined tonight by the the naptime nanny, Thomas Smiley, and we're going to talk about Legacy. I don't know why I'm the naptime nanny. Oh, now I do. Didn't you just put your kid down? We're recording because your kid's down, right? No, you're right. You're absolutely right. right. I actually got to play Magic yesterday. I'm old now. I played Magic for like 10 hours straight, and I was like, oh, I'm beat. Dude, who'd you play Magic with? Uh, I went to the Worcester area and drafted with Matt and a couple other friends. He got a box of M21 and a bunch of those special all-foil packs. And I'm not going to lie, I think Rich Rich might not like me for saying this, but the all-foil packs with the alternate art cards and everything, they were really kind of fun to draft. I had, I had a lot of fun. Interesting. So you like the all-foil packs? I did. I I I, obvi- I didn't pay for them, so it was um, it, my opinion probably would have changed if I got them myself. <laughs> All right, rock and roll, man. Well, that that's pretty cool. So, what did you think? M twenty one. Do you think the set was fun overall? Uh, yeah, it wasn't my my favorite limited format, but we only drafted. I think we drafted four times, but uh, but it, it was fine. It wasn't it wasn't awful. Yeah, our boy uh. Our boy out in Sweden, Marcus, has been, uh, dude, he's got like 25 trophies. I was looking at the leaderboard the other day. I'm slacking in this set because I've been so busy with moving and all. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Marcus is tearing it up, bro. He's like the limited champ now. Wow. Now you can't you can't call yourself that anymore. No, apparently not. <laughs> How's everything going with moving? I know you're going to be on the road soon. Dude, it's hell. It's literally hell. Like moving is like the worst thing. And my wife is is like pressing X to doubt my ability to drive across the country in an 18 wheeler towing a, a car. And I, I'm just like thinking it's not a thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm the idiot. I had to drive uh, like the large. It, I'm not sure if it was an 18 wheeler, but it was the largest thing that U-Haul had. And yeah, I that's the same thing. Same thing. Okay, yeah, I was definitely nervous driving it, but everything worked out okay. I even like, I even pulled off a turn with it. It was, uh, it was dirty. I'm sure you'll be fine though. Nice. Yeah. Well, that that's what I got going on, man. It's uh, it's gonna be hell. Pray for me, but at least uh, I'm only going to Cleveland and not as far as Denmark. Because. Because that would be impossible. There's no bridge. But I was trying to find a way to segue. I didn't get there. I, I, I was I thought trying. That you had one, and that's why you like let in with that. No, I was. Like, I, was I was just I trying to know this this intro. I was letting it flow, and I just did not get there, man. I don't know because the sun is out. I don't have my my rhythm or whatever. I'm also <laughs> not drinking. That's actually the problem right now in my I, office. Yeah, I can see that. Someone hid all the beer that we used to have, or or stole it. Actually, is <laughs> the more accurate way to say that. Someone stole all the beer. <laughs> There's no beer here anymore, but we have on. So wait, last week we did an episode that was cut short and it was about the showcase and we left off talking about Doomsday and we did a very, very poor job, I would say, talking about Doomsday or just in general last week. But we actually had someone email us to correct some of our points that they were able to somehow understand Uh about doomsday and volunteer to come on to teach everyone what i think is is actually a very relevant deep dive into a deck right now we got neville shoe martin nielsen welcome thank you thank you very much uh very happy to be here 
you came highly recommended, man. Everybody that I told about this episode was like, oh, Martin's the best. Oh, this is awesome. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, you mentioned Marcus, uh, fellow Scandinavian. Um, that I've gotten to know quite well. I've gone to a few GPs where he's been. And, and um, yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's like the, the Miracles player I have feared the most Like whenever <laughs> I came up against him. Um, but uh, I think his secret love is, or not so secret love, is actually High Tide. Oh yeah, yeah. It is definitely you're... not not so secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So. Marcus is great, man. We we uh, we we're just talking about him a minute ago, but yeah, he he highly recommended you come on here, and we we obviously needed uh, a lesson on Doomsday because uh, you know Doomsday's always had this reputation of being this deck that's very hard to play and hard to understand, and sure. no matter who it is that you're you're watching play it. Uh, it, it takes a while. I mean, not not that the deck takes a long time to play, but like to figure out your piles. Every game's a little bit different, right? So it's a deck where the options unfold almost fractally, and you uh, you know you always hear this sort of sort of uh, it, it's not really true, but like if Magic were played, if Legacy were played by two computers, they'd be both be playing Doomsday, right? Because <laughs> the, you you have like theoretically the highest win percentage against other decks if you can play it perfectly, but nobody can. That that was like the the sort of like I don't know wisdom that was given out back when like 2013 that right. I've heard repeated like infinite times. But I don't know. What's your impression? Um. Well, I think that's probably um, part of the allure, but I don't think that I necessarily believe that you know it doomsday definitely has this sort of um uh sort of air about it where you think like you said if it was played by computers or if you were sort of somehow like uh somewhere down on the on the on the mensa train you know uh <laughs> with with a, a 500 iq then you could like you would never lose a match and i definitely don't think i mean that's it's it's not like that at all but it is um it's it's not a plug and play deck you know you, you can't just pick it up and and uh, expect to, to do well with it, you, you probably need to, to, to maybe invest a bit more time than you would do with some other legacy decks, especially like, um, like it, it doesn't have those sort of, at least not to me, those really intuitive, okay, so I mean, if you can put, not, not to belittle any deck or do like, do anything like that but but i've played a lot of show and tell at, at, at a certain point and uh and even though i do i think that deck gets the short end of the stick a lot too where people are like being unfairly sort of uh, harsh about how e quote-unquote easy it is it does have those okay i have a lotus petal and an ancient tomb and a show and tell and a grizzle brand in my hand so those pieces kind of are more intuitive maybe um so i i, I think that um doomsday is is it's a good deck now it's not the i would venture it's probably not the best deck uh even if i if, if you were able to play it perfectly but it's definitely since the printing of thassa's oracle gotten like gone from a, a kind of a joke deck or a you know a a, a very a esoteric deck for, for certain people that wanted to, to go down the route to actually being a real legacy deck i think yeah absolutely man i it Obviously, we were talking about the showcase challenge where right. Romario was top four. Is that correct? Yeah. And then yeah. you, you and Kaisar Watari were in the top thirty-two, both at six-two, yeah. right? Right. Right. Yeah. 
which was a very convincing finish. And what I said on the podcast that I think triggered you enough to get you to, to finally email us was, <laughs> was it was the highest finishing storm deck. And honestly, dude, when I was saying that, I was thinking, mm. I was thinking, man, isn't Doomsday more like show and tell? Because you're, you're casting like this three mana spell and then there's still like this game going on after it. And it, I didn't know any of any of this other stuff until researching for this episode, this whole right. like, um, mean deck versus DDFT. Like right. I didn't know any of these distinctions, but I was just thinking about like, you know, calling it a storm deck versus a deck that was trying to resolve a three mana spell with what has force of will. So my very, I, I knew that you were correct immediately, even with my very small amount of knowledge, but do you just want to go into why you objected to calling it a storm deck? Sure, sure. I mean, um, well, first of all, I, I get why you would uh, why you would say it, and why maybe that's sort of um, like dark it, rituals. Or... Yeah, it's, it's a dark ritual combo deck, and it used to be uh, a, a deck that killed with this with with like a storm finish. Uh, the, the, like you said, there there is a deck called DDFT, which uh, is short for uh, Doomsday Fetchland Tendrils. And then there's this version of Doomsday, which um, still carries the, the name Mean Deck Doomsday from these old Stephen Menendian. I think it was his play group or, or a team. I'm not sure. But but like the, the, the Doomsday list that he made or they made, I think originally for Vintage, but then he ported it to Legacy. Maybe we can get into that. Uh, but but um, so I get why you know, Doomsday carries with it sort of, a, like, it's it's like the cousin of Storm, right? It, it You know, it plays Dark Ritual, it's this uh, black sorcery, and at, you know, at certain points in time the, the correct, or like, the, the optimal way to build it was to have, you know, Tendrils of Agony as, as the win condition, so. But uh, but it's not that today. I, I don't, I, I don't think I would compare it in that sense to, to, to Chantel, I don't know. Maybe it's somewhere in between because, right, you have you get to play with Force of Will, Days, you know, Spell Pierce, whatever. But you also get to play with Thoughtseize and Dark Rituals. So for me, it was yeah. like, like I always I I played at Nauseam Tendrils for a, a very long time. It was sort of my my sort of you know bread and butter legacy deck for years, and I I still hold a lot of affection for that deck. But throughout that whole time, I secretly yearned for. <laughs> you know, you know, to, to be able to play Force of Will in my Dark Ritual deck, and now I get to do that, so it's, it's pretty amazing. Very nice, yeah, and it's a pretty common story. I was like looking for resources on Doomsday, and I found a few posts on the Reddit that were like longtime Ant player going into Doomsday, and then there was all these replies from Ant players about why you shouldn't play Doomsday or whatever. It, <laughs> it's like uh, there's there's a big overlap. Uh, the sort of uh, I guess people who own Lion's Eye Diamonds or I don't know what it is, but yeah, yeah, it appeals to the same sort of players. And there were a couple of pretty amazing posts. I, I saved one of them actually, but all uh, right, we we can maybe read it later. But sure, I, real quick, I wanted to talk about. I didn't know until today that you had a YouTube channel. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I I started making youtube videos back in like 2014 i think um just i don't know I, I got into magic online because i wanted to improve my game i guess i was like really serious about only really legacy but but really wanting to 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 improve and and you know try try and do well at tournaments and stuff and um so at right around the time i was really getting into legacy and trying to consume the different 
podcasts and whatever content there was, and, and uh, I, I stumbled upon, you know, Julian. Uh, you know, it's, it's Julian, and he was on uh, um, Everyday Eternal as a guest, and now he, you know, he hosts that podcast. And he was, you know, really a big proponent, I think, for, like, you know, play Magic Online to improve your game, that kind of thing. So I got into Magic Online, and just, I don't know, I tried out making videos, and it, uh, I, I don't know, I, it's... It's not a big thing. I, I I've taken you know long breaks. I I became a father in, in, in you know in the in the inter, in, in the interim period. So that kind of put put a stop on things. But I have a YouTube channel. I try to put out videos a couple of times a month, sometimes more. Um, and since I got back into Magic about like six months ago, um, I've pretty much only done I have only done Doomsday videos. So, um, but yeah, maybe we, I you know. We can link to it or whatever. I don't know how that works, or I can plug it at the end. Um, yeah, definitely. What does Neville shoot mean? Um, so it's it's nothing to do with anything really. I it's <laughs> a, it's the name of an author uh, that I had just happened to have read a book just the, uh, at the same time that I was creating my profile on the MTG the source. You know the old message board. And I guess um, being a university student at the time, and you know, a, you know, closet uh, want to be intellectual or whatever, I thought you know <laughs> it'd be really cool if you know you, you know, what what do you use to to create your usernames in different uh, platforms, right? So I used I, I you know some author I really liked. Uh, I, I just it, he's a you know I like I like Neville Shute. So, but it has nothing to do with anything. So yeah. That's how nice. he picked his. Uh, and he was trying to be the intellectual and chose. Uh, um, yeah, the last book I read was by Jester's mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the worst. That's the worst name, man. And it's following me around right now. Dude, what was the name? Sorry, I didn't pick it up. Jester's mom is my name on. Uh, right. On, okay. One of my okay. names. Unfortunately, the name that I'm using right now. But um, <laughs> what? Uh, no respect for Kierkegaard. Oh. Nice. Um, country yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, lots of respect. Um, but uh, yeah, not really. Not the I author don't... Neville Shute is. No, no. It is, it, Neville Shute is fiction. So okay. it, I, I guess gotcha. it's not. It, it, it's not even that intellectual. I guess. But uh, it's. Uh, if you haven't read On the Beach by Neville Shute, I highly recommend it. If you really want to feel down about life and the world and you know the possibilities of nuclear holocaust, but. Um, that was, I, you know, yeah, yeah, it's a good book. Let's do it. Awesome, man. So, yeah, we uh, basically researching for this episode. The first resource I found, just Googling or not Googling, Duck Duck Going, uh, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Doomsday Legacy something. And the first resource that comes up is Eternal Central. Right. And it's a link to Steve Menendian's primer for $4.99. You can download a 33-page PDF that is right. everything you wanted to know about Type 1.5 Mean Deck Doomsday. I don't know. It didn't say what year this primer was from. It's probably 2013 or 2014 or something. Yeah. But <laughs> it was uh, the first resource that came up, so I was pretty impressed with that. And uh, – the that was apparently I came to learn the the foundation of I guess like Labman Doomsday, which yeah. is the fork that I would say you're currently playing, like the Thassa's Oracle fork. Right. But really wasn't very good, right? Until until Thassa's Oracle was printed. That would be the TLDR. 
you know, for sure. That exact sentence, it wasn't really very good until Thassa's Oracle was printed. Um, I played, I, I, I you know, uh, full disclosure, I, I bought that primer because um, I, oh, I was really into it. And, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't really, I, I want to tread carefully because I, you know, I think I well, no, I have a lot of respect respect for uh, the work that uh, Steve and Kevin do over on. They're both uh, listening, so, so be, be careful. Yeah, um, I. They listen to it when they're waking up in the morning. Right, right. <laughs> well, I was. Um, so the thing is, I see Steve Menendian in, in the intro to that primer really put you know hit the nail on the head. It's like he has some some sort of intro where he's like he's like has a, a meme from like Inception or whatever and Leonardo DiCaprio is looking at the camera and it's like you know why do you want to play Doomsday it's like well everyone wants to be you know the cool kid casting dark rituals you know what I mean so it has that and that sort of you know touches on, on that allure of like you know I guess it kind of speaks to people who uh, like to think that they can be like clever or whatever in, in, a, in a Magic of the Gathering sort of context uh, and I don't know. It just really uh, sort of enthralled me. The the problem I had with uh, with Mean Deck Doomsday. I don't want to make blanket statements about it wasn't good, even though I, that's what we did before. But let's let's just say that the problem I had with it. I, I actually played it quite a bit. Um, I think I think it had one like critical thing going against it, which was that Deathrite Shaman was out and sort of everywhere at the time. And and I'm not sure. I I think. Menendian sort of made that deck and that primer right around the time that Deathrite Shaman was either had almost been printed or had just been printed. Okay. And um, the deck basically needed to go through the graveyard to win with a creature. Um, it, it needed to play Predict or Mental Note to bin the the Lab Man and then uh, you know draw on Earth and then unearth. Huh. Um, and having Deathrite everywhere was just a, a really big challenge. And now it also it was a it, it was quite a bit different than what it is today. In that it, this was back before Top and Probe were banned, and both of those cards were four ofs. Yeah. Um, and Menendian, to my knowledge at least, I, I can't remember the primer completely, but I don't think really tested Lions Eye Diamond. Uh, I think because he wanted to always keep up protection, which is you know reasonable. But um, the, the version of Mean Deck that I play, that I have sort of picked up from other people that have, you know, been, been championing it um, since Thassa's Oracle, plays like a single Lines Out Diamond, and that really lends explo like explosivity or uh, explosiveness, sorry, to, to the deck. Um, where if you're not ever playing, if you're not playing against like a blue deck, then having that Lines Out Diamond is the difference between like maybe one or two turns sometimes. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just think that for, for whatever reason, I was never able to make it work back then. Um, it it just felt like you were always a turn too slow. And Deathrite Shaman was uh, a factor, but I think probably the biggest factor was uh, the fact that Labman is just like, you know, significantly worse than Thassa's oh, Oracle. Yeah. Thassa's Oracle has revolutionized, you know, the deck really, and you know other decks as well right like every single deck that had that sort of uh like oops all spells uh cephal breakfast that kind of finisher just replaced their finisher with thassa's oracle like replaced Latman with thassa so um it, it, it's it's night and day really the, the the difference that card makes it, it means you don't have to 
if, if your opponent doesn't have removal, you don't have to actually get to the bottom of your five-card pile. And you also, like, you don't need to draw an additional card, which is just huge. Because when you're playing Doomsday and you're playing with, like, the mean deck, you're, like, counting different, like, resources on different axes. You're counting cards in your hand if, you know, if you want to have protection, but also for Brainstorm. Because Brainstorm can, as the one cantrip, can draw you more than one card, but you need to put stuff back. So, you, you know, a Brainstorm as the only card in your hand is the same as a Ponder or a Preordain. Yeah. Post Doomsday, right? Uh, so it's like cards in hand, it's mana, and it's your life total. Um, so, and for for those, you know, for you to now not need to draw the full, you know, you know, I guess six cards if we're talking Labman, um, it's just massive, massive. So, um, I'm sorry to probably, interrupt this very yeah. important conversation, but this is the first time I've ever packed Copenhagen on a Skype call with someone in Copenhagen. So I, right. I feel I feel really special right now. Right. Okay. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Yeah. No. no that's so fine. yeah. So that's that's twenty that's twenty thirteen to twenty nineteen uh, mean deck. And right. The, I think the, honestly, sorry. I, I think mean deck didn't exist. Like Menendian wrote the primer. It was sort of billed as the deck that was you know. So many insane plays. They have a, a podcast episode about the primer. So like you know they're they're on they're a vintage podcast, but they have this one le- legacy episode where it's about the podcast. Uh, sorry about the, uh, the the doomsday primer, and between that and, and reading the primer, you kind of get this feeling that Menendian believed that this was actually the deck that would maybe you know yeah. become top dog of the format kind of thing, and it just never happened. And I Can think you in between to that, so many insane plays, yeah, that's actually a theme with. Uh, there, there are quite a few revolutionary swigs. He, he's, he's a very enthusiastic guy. That's, that's what for sure, for sure. And I think you know, obviously, he had the the, the skeleton of an of a very cool deck, uh, and it was it is so, sort of like porting vintage Doomsday into Legacy because you know the existing Legacy Doomsday deck, to my knowledge, was the DDFT deck at that time, and that was a, that was more akin to Ad Nauseum Tendrils. It had no Force of Wills. It, it interacted with discard spells or Silence, and yep. it, it it aimed to like burning wish for doomsday oh sorry for for tendrils at the end of the pile um so vintage doomsday is much more you know fluster storms uh you know force of will and um and and he he ported it but but it just never took off and i think it it, like from 13 to 19 the 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 little doomsday that was actually played sort of competitively i think was ddft i played it in that period off and on um but that was a very complicated deck and it still sort of suffered from a number of weaknesses that i don't know i don't know if mean deck had it had thassa's oracle at the time would have done better i mean i think i still think Deathrite shaman and you know the decks and and you know top counterbalance were probably like would have been hard nuts to crack at the time uh even if we had had thassa but yeah i don't know yeah interesting so in the meantime, that, that sort of six-year gap before Thassa's Oracle was printed, right. Doomsday was pretty much on the sidelines, I would say, right? I mean, like, I, I played against it, I remember, once online, once in 2018 at an open. Like, it was something that you'd see occasionally, but really, it, it was very reliant on top and probe, as we already talked about. Right. And uh, when I remember when I played against it online was the Shelldock Isle variant. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know if there was was that time also because before Mean Deck was obviously DDFT. Right. But post Mean Deck, would you say that uh, the majority would you still classify that as DDFT or would it get a different name? I honestly, I'm I'm not sure. First of all, um, I took a break from le- from from Magic from around 2000 and the end of 2018 until the beginning of 2020. Not okay. completely. I, I I touched base every now and again, but my kids are still small, but they were very small. My youngest was like uh, born in April of 2018, and I, I pretty much just got it didn't have well, you know uh, the. Yeah, I wasn't able to keep up with with legacy. So I know from like posts I've seen and stuff like that that people have you know the the hardcore doomsayers have been keeping up you know in that period playing different variations of I think primarily like DDFT ish that builds with like I think there people have tried like act on impulse and other kind of cards, yeah. um, but I honestly don't believe that. It was very good um, until Thassa was printed, and I don't think that. I guess because Labman just wasn't good enough. I don't think the Mindex version ever really, ever really got to to be anything until you know Thassa. So I, I would say probably like DDFT. But I, for me, um, when Probe and Top were both banned within the short space of time, that just signaled the end for me. I thought I yeah. never thought I would play Doomsday again because like. The deck played four of each, and they were integral, right? Like, you needed... They were, that was eight ways to draw into your pile, which is, like, one of the big things for Doomsday, right? So, so yeah, I, did, I definitely didn't think that I would be playing Doomsday, uh, in, you know, at any point uh, again, so... Yeah, there was a post I saw in 2019 that was... Um, I forget what the user was, or even... I think it was maybe on, on the source, but somebody said, basically... You thought Doomsday was dead after Top was banned or whatever, but this this was uh, Experimental Frenzy had just come out. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This person was making like a sales post, like Doomsday's back. And, right. And uh, Ape of Justice, I remember this, Top aided a challenge in 2019 with Experimental Frenzy and Doomsday. Oh, wow, cool. And yeah. that, was like, that was like this brief sort of flash in the pan. I remember Tom and I talking about, you know, is Doomsday back? Is this, is this list like legit or it's sort of like ruby storm right like is this is this just like a couple people were dicking around and and one of them top aided with this deck or is this like a legitimate thing and i think the answer was people were kind of just dicking around experimental frenzy is not the best but right uh, right is is uh definitely not the sort of phenomenon that we're seeing with us as oracle no 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 for sure i really think it's like Thassa's Oracle is, is like a watershed moment for the deck. Um, and I think, like like you said, uh, it was probably not that many people playing it at, at, you know, back then or ever really, but I think um, probably more people are getting into it now. I think it's always a thing, right? How good is the deck you're playing? You can you can pick the whatever is the best deck or like one of the best decks at, at a given time, and, and then you know you can play that. Or you can pick something a little bit off the beaten path, and then it's interesting to find out: is this, you know, is there something here? Is it actually good, or am I wasting my time? And and I think, I think, uh, Mean Deck Doomsday, you know, version whatever now, twenty twenty is it's it's definitely it's definitely a real deck, um, and I think it is good enough that it is that I've I have certainly decided to keep uh, pressing with it. 
Um, but I don't like. I I still feel like no one really plays it. I you know we, we're a couple of we're a couple of people uh, in in the Discord. Uh, we have this Doomsday Discord that is you know anyone can join is really you know anyone should join if you're interested. Uh, and and we we're like the same maybe ten or fifteen people posting, and out of those maybe I don't know like I would guess uh, four or five or six of us you know play from time to time on magic online and the rest um, are paper players so i do see people every now and again you know have decks posted on mcg goldfish but it's not a lot i think definitely the deck is underplayed um but i'm I'm not sure you know i'm not trying to make a sales pitch here and say you know blow pick up doomsday and you'll you know you'll start winning challenges or whatever but uh, (laughs) i think a lot of that comes down to the perception of how much skill it takes to play the deck where if you're, I don't know, going to like sort of dabble, dabble your toes into the field of doomsday, right. that it could be really difficult at the start. And that like, that's definitely a hindrance to getting more people to play it. Yeah. Right. I mean, you don't want to have to read like a, a 50 page, uh, you know, manual to be able to, to, to pick up the deck. So I would say that it has never been easier to play the deck and I don't want to, uh, I don't want anyone playing Doomsday to, to think that I'm belittling how you know how good of a player you, you need to be to be good with it, but it's definitely like Thassa's Oracle has simplified. You know, you I, here's the thing. I remember the first time I really, after coming into Legacy, I really got a nose or really got got the scent of Doomsday. Was I read an article? I think it was Drew Levin, but I'm, I could be wrong. Like touching on sort of hidden gems or whatever in in, in Legacy. This was like many years ago 2012 or 13 or whatever and he had like just a throwaway line where he said like doomsday is basically you getting to to cast five vampiric tutors for three mana now that has to be good right you know so and and i think that the if you take that as a departure point you get to this point where like like you were saying ian at the beginning like oh like if you could only compute all the information, you would be able to, to put together a new five-card pile. There are, like, hundreds of thousands of five-card piles you can make out of a 75-card you know card total leg, but whatever. But but it's not like that. It's like, usually, you use one... You use a variation of maybe three or four different piles when you're playing with Thassa's Oracle. And sure, you can get into like these weird corner case scenarios with like sideboard and okay, so I put, you know, I put a massacre in the pile or if you're on white, you know, I put a terminus in the pile, but then I need to, you know, predict a, predict away Thassa, then hit terminus and, and, and you can, sure, you can think yourself into all sorts of scenarios, but I would say for like the vast majority of the time, you're using a variation of a couple of different piles. And sure, you will get egg on your face when you're playing a combo deck. It's the same when you're playing Storm or whatever. Sometimes you will do something and immediately realize after you've clicked OK or like said go that you messed up and you've just lost on the spot and it feels terrible. But I think that's just sort of part and parcel of playing combo decks that that can happen. You have to sort of be able to be OK with that happening every now and again. It happened to me in the showcase where I... (laughs) It was terrible, actually. It was against Romario, and I, I um, it was round four. We were both, or round five, we were both four, four and zero. Oh, so, like, I was really primed, and I clicked the wrong card when when resolving Doomsday, and 
then I also click done. You know, it's two separate, yeah. you know, situations. And I made a pile with no Thassa's Oracle in it. And Thassa's oh. Oracle went to my Exile pile. And, uh, and yeah, so, I mean, that stuff like that can happen. And you just, um, I mean, obviously, that's also like a mechanical error. But, but even, like, I still make mistakes where I'm like, I make a pile. You know, I pass a turn maybe. I get my turn. I do something. And then I realize that. Okay, actually, you know what? I'm now drawing two cards, and one of them is a cycler that I didn't need, and I could have just worked out ahead of time that I wouldn't need it, and yep. I could have I could have put a daze or a force of will in there, but I didn't, and you know that's annoying. But so, I think um, I think that's probably you're right, uh, Tom. That 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 is maybe why people don't, you know, maybe feel resident about picking picking up the deck. But I, yeah, I. I, I t- yeah. I remember doing, like, a little bit of prep for it. And this was back in the day where, like, I had a sheet printed right. that had all of the possible Doomsday piles that you might want to make and, like, little <laughs> yeah. notes for what situation that you might want to have them in. And uh, I think I've only played the deck once since Thassa's Oracle has been printed, but I I had the one pile set. Right. And I was like, all right, I'm pretty sure that I can reasonably use this 90% of the time. Right. I mean... I'm happy to go over a couple of piles at some point if you guys want to, but but just you you, you exactly you have to dispense with the whole like uh, addendum you know glossary of like a thousand different piles. I remember like the Menendian primer for Mean Deck. It had all these crazy scenarios. It was like the primer was 33 pages, but then it had like 40 pages of scenarios or something you got <laughs> you got as well. And it was like they increased in, in, in difficulty, and it was like puzzles. It was really cool. I really, you know, I'm 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 very, um, I'm, you know, amazing that he did it. Took took all the time, but it was like at the end, it was like okay, so your opponent has like this hateful permanent, this hateful permanent, and you have two tops and uh, a lotus petal and you know chain of vapor, and you have to like tap both tops and bounce them, sack lands, and do all this stuff, and finally bounce his thing, and I think, honestly, I would just try to disregard any sort of wild trying to work your way out of weird things because, honestly, the the, the Thassa's Oracle win condition is so strong. Um, sure, you can hate it out, but I, you know, I have beaten these crazy scenarios where, I, and as a former Ant player, I'm just, okay, my opponent has, like, Deafening Silence, Chalice on 1, Trinisphere, and Gaddock T, and it just doesn't matter because cyclers <laughs> don't go onto the stack of spells, so you don't have to pay for them. And and you know it's a creature, so Thalia, whatever. And it, you know you d- you never needed to put a spell on the stack until you put the the Thassa. So it's just it's a lot. You know, it, it's definitely not like you know you're playing it on rails, but it's just it's a lot less com- complex than it used to be. Yeah, definitely. And uh, one thing I guess that. I learned too was there's a uh, a wiki like the DDFT wiki. Have you seen this? Yeah, I have. So I have. Somebody's making and they sort of they they wrote an article in March and an article in June that I read this morning. Right. And they had like the two basic uh, sort of like level one piles or, or I guess it would be three because one's a subset of another. But there's like the predict pile and the mm-hmm. cantrip pile and then there's like the fork of whether you have a cantrip in your hand. Like if you're trying to go off this turn or trying to go off next turn, right? Sure. There's like, you know, which phase you're at, but then there's also those two piles. And then there'll be like a disruption spot 
somewhere in the in the piles. There's there's the angle of whether you're trying to, to proactively disrupt them with something like Veil of Summer or discard spell or even right. like a counter spell, or or whether you're playing around something. So so like um, uh, one of the matches I watched from you, you were anticipating that your Snoko player had a Dak Fade in, and it turned out they did actually have a Dak Fade in. So like right. there, there's that sort of element of fading, fading some sort of of uh, permanent or, or you know interaction, I guess, like a surgical or anything like that. And it, it seems like is that a correct way to uh, to sort of categorize the main piles or? Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you can you can have like the um. You can have like a predict on Earth pile, which is you know, very sort of uh, straight from the mean deck of uh, Menindian blueprint, you know, where you 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 put Thassa's Oracle as, you know, either the, the top if you have Predict in hand, or you put Predict on top and then Thassa's Oracle as a second card. And it requires you to have um, a blue and a colorless mana. Yep. And then, then you cast Predict naming Thassa's Oracle, and that goes into your graveyard. So, and then you draw, like for instance, you draw two cyclers, if if uh, if you had predict in hand, so your pile would have been Thassa's Oracle, then say Street Wraith, Edge of Autumn, and then you put Unearth and a Lotus Petal on the bottom as the bottom two, and so that only requires those two mana, right? So you predict Thassa's Oracle is in the graveyard. You cycle, you draw the two cyclers, and you cycle both to draw a Petal and Unearth, and you Unearth uh, Thassa's Oracle. So I think that's a very clean kill, especially with no Deathrite Shaman in the format. There are very few game one graveyard interactions. It's basically like crop rotation and elvish reclaimer, and once in a blue moon like a scavenging ooze. And the the beautiful thing about that pile is it lets you keep whatever you have in your hand because you don't have to sack LED. Right. So you can like go off with uh, say a daze or or have you know have, have daze backup or force uh, backup, which is really clutch uh, in a lot of cases. Then there's the other sort of more gung ho. And that, you know, win on turn one, but I lose the Force of Will kind of uh, piles. And that that revolves around you having Brainstorm, a blue mana, and at least one card in your hand um, after you resolve Doomsday. And if you have those, if you satisfy those three conditions, you then build a pile that has LED, Predict, a Cycler, Thassa's Oracle, and a Petal. You Brainstorm into the LED, the Cycler, and the Predict. You put back the card you had in your hand as a blank, and then predict on top. You play LED, you cycle, sack LED, draw predict, predict the blank card from your hand, and then draw pedal and Thassa, and you have one blue floating from the LED. So that's the sort of hand that, or pile that you would build if you're up against, like, I don't know, death and taxes or lands or whatever, and it's game one, and you're not fearing, like, stack interaction. Um, so I would say those are two sort of piles. And then there's a third pile which involves Cavern of Souls, which I play in the sideboard. I know a lot of people like to play it in the main, sort of. I've, I've had it in the main. I have it in the sideboard now. And that's, for me, mostly post-sideboard, post um, for those, obviously. But for those games where you, I'm, I'm more comfortable playing, like, Doomsday Go, and then passing a couple of times and eventually, like, drawing Cyclers and cycling into Cavern and, and Thassa. Those would probably be my three, sort of, standard piles and then you'd have to like you know adjust them if if you need to be able like you said if you know that or if you 
suspect like Dak Faden, you know, you need to have cards in your hand so that if they make you draw, you don't have to like discard uh, Thassa if you don't have Unearth in the pile. And you know, there can be other stuff if you're if you're suspecting that they will have like a Narset after you pass or something scary like that. Maybe put a Red Blast in the pile. Um, what I like to do is I like to make a pile where I draw predict and then I make a if I don't need to bit to, to bin Thassa or if I don't want to do that then I put a contingency card as the card I'm gonna name with predict so I, I'll put pyroblast there and then if I end up needing it if on the turn I give them they actually play like Narset I'll just have to prolong the game but I'll I'll have an answer I can draw um, I could even like predict them on their turn and draw my pyroblast um, Oh yeah, yeah. So so that would probably be like the the sort of standard piles, and I'm probably leaving out a lot of stuff. But but um, yeah. No, that makes sense, man. That's uh, that's uh, I think the very succinct. It's funny everybody can think about it different ways, right? Mm. Like like however you you want to categorize the piles, you know, based on based on your experience. I I was playing against someone on Zoom like three months ago. Our buddy out in California. It was playing Doomsday and just like copied a list from a challenge, right? And they cast Doomsday, uh, and then they were like, "So what do I do now?" <laughs> and we we spent probably like forty minutes de- debating, because, and it was bad because I knew it was in my hand and I knew that there was basically no pile that could win, right? Be- oh no! <laughs> base- so I was also trying to figure out what pile could beat my pot the cards in my hand and then we eventually right. just turned it face up and tried to figure that out for like 40 minutes and i think we did figure it out oh but wow there, cool it end, it ended up sort of being like this dilemma where like if i knew what the pile was then i could have beaten it but i right. wouldn't have played that way if i hadn't known it was like this sort of i don't, i can't think of the word for it but like this sort of uh uh dilemma i don't right. know why i'm blanking on it but um, like a paradox yeah, like a par- there you go, like a paradox, but yeah, it's definitely an interesting deck. Uh, like I, I was really enjoying watching. You played a game against Death Shadow that I thought was pretty hilarious. Um, that was actually, I was so stoked to to be actually recording when that happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people should definitely go watch that. It's uh, YouTube Martin Nielsen underscore Neville Shoot, correct? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, yeah, uh, that was. I think I have one. I'll, I'll, you know, put a spoiler warning for the uh, couple of people that might actually want to see it. But uh, so, so I have won maybe twice after someone surgicaled my Doomsday, and that is, uh, you know, if we want to talk about one of the weaknesses of the deck is that it only has, you know, you you have four copies of Doomsday, and if you don't resu- like, if if somehow those get removed. Um, it's a weakness because if you can't find them, then that's bad. But if they get surgical, uh, surgically extracted, then it's uh, it's pretty bad news. But I have like oh, twice I have won a game where that happened, and it involved Street Wraith uh, because Street Wraith has sort of an alternate mode where it be- becomes this three four Swamp Walker, mm-hmm. uh, and and against Death Shadow, they they really you know they're they're quite the masochists, right? So they were at like I think eight life. When they sur- well, like going down to eight when they surgicaled, yeah. and we 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 play this sort of uh, motley crew of trying to to prolong the game and stay alive. Maybe not prolong the game, but stay alive with baleful Strix when we're up against Delver Delver strategies. 
And so I just I got really lucky, and I I, I got into this sort of you know draw Delver block, uh, oh, sorry draw draw Strix, cantrip draw unearth. So I was able to I think like block and then unearth and and do all this sort of stuff. And yeah, just eventually get there. But it's it's extremely unlikely if if you get surgically extracted, it's uh, it's probably the end of the you know the end of your night. But um. But yeah, that that was that was that was a lot of fun. So I was really I, happy that I was actually recording on that yeah. one time. I'm not gonna lie, man. I was honestly rooting for the Death Shadow player because <laughs> in game two when he surgicaled your ponder, you were like, I don't know why people bring in surgical, blah blah blah. And then when he surgical, I was like, he's bringing in for Doomsday, bro. And then when he surgical to Doomsday, I was like, oh, you. Oh yeah, this. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> look, oh, look, look. I, I, I definitely get why people bring in surgical. I just yeah. like the, the whole like. Uh, surgical so the thing I, I remember this exactly actually the thing that 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 got me peeved just a little bit was you know i had pondered and then not shuffled and yeah. then they um, let you go to draw i i went to draw and then they surgical the ponder yeah. and i i just i see people do that quite a bit and, and surgical extraction is is a very important tool tool versus doomsday because not only can you if you discard a doomsday or counter it you can remove it from the game obviously that's that's amazing but it's also like after the doomsday pile or after yeah. doomsday resolves it, it it misses up the pile yeah um so i would recommend anyone to bring in surgicals uh but yeah, yeah I, I, I mischaracterized I, that yeah yeah but, but i don't know i was i was I'm, i don't know i was also I, I maybe it's a fine play i don't know i don't have the uh uh, the the universal or like the the rights to to say what's I, I I I've just I've I have been puzzled by that play and I, I see quite a few people make it maybe maybe uh, I I should reconsider but you know that the try to get you with the like I get that uh, if you're playing like cabal therapy maybe because you want to know what's in their hand and 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 maximize your value but it yeah. at the time it just seemed like they were throwing away a card but um they they got me good with a surgical in the next game so. Yeah, I feel you, man. And there's a couple things. So first of all, I think that the reason that I thought of, I think originally the the comparison between Doomsday and Show and Tell is because you're playing in your list two Strix in the main and two in the sideboard, and it reminded me of there was this uh, French I can't remember his name, a French guy who who was playing blue black Omni for a long time with two Strix in the main, and maybe uh, Jean Marie Aka, the Lejay. Yes, thank yes, you. Yes, it was yeah, legit. Yeah. Legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then now it's like the blue green um, show and tell Eureka like, yeah, yeah. list that has the like a lot of times you'll see two ice fan coattles in there. Yeah, yeah, sure. So sure. I, I sort of I think that's what originally put me on that thought is like oh look at this doomsday deck is sort of emulating that that show and tell like this is this is sort of like playing a creature removal spell just slow down a little bit against Delver and then not be down a card you know it's like just playing strix for value if you're if you're actually like no one put strix in ant basically you know yeah but but like these decks that are a half step slower than that yeah like are moving towards coatl or strix and if you're doing that if that player that death shadow player knows that you're playing strix and you have more strix in your sideboard and you're trying to play at that rate then i think surgical and ponder makes sense Mm. So that was sort of a really long road to get to why I think that. Sure, sure. That. Because it's a yeah. card advantage game at that point. Yeah. Okay. I, I can see that. I I think it's a. Uh, I I barked at putting Strix in the deck when I first picked up Doomsday because uh, yeah, like you said, you never you uh, I've I've never considered 
doing like putting a card like that in Ant. And uh, I just think it's a concession to the fact that Delver is just like I think I wrote to you. It's just it's one of the worst matchups for for yeah. uh, Mean Deck Doomsday, um, at least sort of in in the mainstream of of like the top tier decks. Um, and I've actually I'm 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 me and me and Kai are testing you know moving all four Strix to the sideboard actually, and I'm kind of pleased with that because I did find myself pretty much boarding it out against. A, like a, a swath of the of the field, just ma- basically only really keeping it in against Delver. And even though Delver is popular and probably always will be, it's not that popular, right? So maybe if, if you're doing if you have if you have a card that is only coming in, or rather is only in for I don't know, like what ten percent of the format or something, maybe you should consider moving it. But I, I I could still go back to playing uh, the two in the in, in the main and, and I'm I'm also I'm not I'm 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 open to suggestions. Uh, I, I don't know that it's the best plan versus Delver. It's something that is a returning uh, point of discussion in, in the Discord and between me and Kai. So it's like how do we improve Delver? And we have improved it, but it's still like it's just a tough matchup. You know, you're playing a combo card that basically deals yourself t- ten damage uh, against like the uh, the aggressive control deck which it is against us it's like it's both uh an aggro and a control deck uh, and they have bolts it's just it's it's tough right so um but yeah i i, I like gonna test it now with no strikes in the main and see how we do and ideally i would like to keep it that way and if i can keep my my win rates versus silver at a somewhat respectable level i'll probably probably keep it like that yeah, Tom, you're gonna have to refresh my memory because I didn't I didn't have the heart to listen to this episode of the podcast uh, this week. What we said actually about Doomsday against Rug. I think what we said was, well, if Rug is is good, then maybe that's why uh, you know Doomsday was overrepresented as opposed to other combo th- decks. Is that what we said? Or I guess I, Mar- I think I think our analysis was. Because Rug is getting more mid-range with multiple Okos and Arcanists, that the sort of ant test style of um, try to go off early against Delver and trying to fight through the Flusterstorms might not be the right way to go, where Doomsday plays more of a mid-range game that can fight against Disruption a little better. I think that's what we said. Although I, I could be wrong yeah. about that. I'll have to go back and listen. No, that to sounds it. right to me. I mean, Martin could probably attest to it best because he... <laughs> thought about it and wrote us an email yeah yeah I, I look i think that's actually a fair analysis um the, the problem is just that yeah well let me say i think you're right in that in in a sort of if we're only looking at doomsday i think doomsday is probably better off having rug delver be the delver deck of choice than like blue red like prowess yeah oh, okay. well oh, okay. yeah, yeah just like the faster and more aggressive and more burn spells it runs I would, that would be my sort of analysis, anyways. Uh, but the problem is that Doomsday, like I said, is like Delver is probably our worst matchup. Um, I, I toiled and 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 we we worked a lot back when we were playing Esper uh, to 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 fight Delver. We we went through all these weird and honestly amazingly fun sort of sideboard options of morphing into a miracles deck with like terminus and plows and, and mentors and boarding out the entire combo package and on, on paper it worked great but you know the thing was we could we almost never won game one and even no matter how we built the sideboard it seemed like delver was never worse off than 50 50 and so if you always lose game one and you have a 50 50 you know 
you know, you're 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 probably going to lose one of those two remaining games. So moving moving to Grixis, uh, having access to red blasts, and I think importantly uh, having days, which you could obviously also have in in, uh, in Esper, but that just meant that we don't lose as often game one, and you know the Strix. We board out Force of Wills, we bring in Red red Blasts, and we, we have Cavern, and I'm going to give away a trade secret, you know, but a lot of the time when I beat a deck like Delver, it'll be because I won game one, and then game two, they will allow Doomsday to resolve, and they will play much more controlling, and they won't aggro out a creature. Hmm. And so they will allow Doomsday to resolve, because they're sitting looking at their hand, which is maybe a Force of Will, but they're tapped out. So they don't want to play in today. So they let Doomsday resolve because they have Force of Will and they have like a Flusterstorm and a Red Blast. And they're thinking, you know, they saw how we, I beat them game one, which was like with Unearth and Thassa or whatever. And then they, they don't have the Cavern on their radar at all. And so ah. you just, you know, you just make a pile that is like Strix into Strix into Strix into Cavern into Thassa, you know, and you pass the turn a bunch of times. And, you know, they're not going to... Like, sometimes they won't fight for any of that, and they won't deploy a threat because they just think, you know, I have to keep open this Flusterstorm and this Red Blast, right? So, I think, like, that has changed um, the the matchup a bit, but Delver is still, I think, the clear favorite. I think, I, I'm at around, like, 46-47% now. I've gone down a little bit. Uh, that's a lot better than I was on Esper, where I was, like, 30%. Uh, and, and this is based on, like, you know, my my matches, so it's, like, I, I think I'm up to like 60 Delver matches right now. Wow. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's not like, you know, statistically significant and all this stuff, but, but it is, um, it's, it's, it can give you an inkling, right? But I think, I, I, I think I'm, I, I have a ways to come down a bit. You know, I think I'm not, I don't think 46, 47% is the true, you know, win rate. Right, win rate is right. probably more like yeah. 40. So Delver is, uh, and if you, if you can't, if you can't live with that, then I think you need to, maybe look elsewhere because I know some people can't and I get that because Delver is always going to be popular and it's always going to be popular with the quote unquote like good players or grinders or, or whatever. So if you were ever to play at like a high stakes tournament or a Grand Prix or something, you're probably going to have like a Delver loaded, you know, top 15% of the tournament or something. But I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's not, it's not like a terrible matchup, and it's it's a fun matchup, and the deck is just really resilient against a whole lot of other stuff, um, and and you know, so you ha you have to just you know accept what you what, what what's there. Yeah, what I was gonna say is I imagine it'll it'll only go down too as. I don't imagine there are many Delver players who have put as much thought into the Doomsday matchup as you put into the Delver matchup. So as if Doomsday becomes more popular and, you know, you're making videos and we're doing podcasts and right, right. You know, pe people are thinking about Doomsday now after the showcase challenge, like sure. Delver players will, you know, talk about what works against them and figure out their sideboard plans better. And I, I would imagine it, it would, you know, only go down from there too. But, uh, I, I thought that, that was really interesting, the sort of uh, color considerations, like moving from Esper to Grixis. And right. also what, what I was thinking about was Carpet of Flowers. Uh, right. But, you know, you, the the blasts are important. And I, I, I honestly love having a braid, but, I mean, Abrupt Decay would be great too. Right. Um, 
what what are the sort of I guess in the context of Delver, but also in the context of the meta, what would you say are the are the strong points for Grixis over Bug or Esper? Well, I I think it it it's all about the blasts. I think um, Legacy is you know probably always going to be a, a sort of blue centric format to an extent at least um you're all i'm and i guess maybe maybe that's uh maybe that's not strictly speaking true because when when i was looking at my matchup uh i I have this big chunk of decks i've categorized as non-blue or i've lumped a lot of archetypes together and that is like that's a very big part of my data actually so there's a lot of non-blue but 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 like the blue decks are are prevalent and um and Red Blast just does so much work, and um, I, to me, that that's it. Because I think the rest of the options that you get are worse, right? Like a braid, it's not like uh, strictly worse than abrupt decay, but in a lot of cases, it is. Um, when I was on white, I have to say, having access to like, I had at one time like four plow and two or three terminus in my sideboard. I have never felt as comfortable against <laughs> the Savannah decks than I did with, uh, with that yeah, sideboard when true. I was playing Ant for like five years. You know, and you'd have like Chain of Vapor and Massacre and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but just like that one mana removes any creature and, and and you can like, you can Doomsday and put Terminus in your pile. It was, it was amazing. Um, so I think Red doesn't really offer a lot there, but the... Um, the concept for us has been that, well, the deck is just really strong against those matchups most of the time anyways. You can play through or under a lot of that hate. And um, we, and you do have Force of Will and Days, so you can also sort of kind of navigate that way and thought seize. So I, I, I felt like trying it out. It was actually Kai who suggested we go Grixis and put a, a Red Blast or a Pyroblast in the main and it just it has really worked very well. I think if if red had carpet, you know, or if red had like a carpet effect, it would be perfect because I think carpet is probably one of the strongest cards you can have against Delver as a combo deck or as a lot of different decks. And um, that's I, I have you know the list where Mario played. Um, I also played that for a while, and and it's uh, it's a it's the Grixis build in the main, but it splashes green for carpet and a couple of veils in the sideboard, and it's... Carpet is amazing, but I just felt like going into the fourth color against Delver is also, you know, there's an opportunity cost, and, and yeah. you know, your mana base suffers and all this stuff. Um, it's really it's really bad if you go, like, fetch tropical carpet and have that, like, countered, and maybe, you know, you're depending on having carpet to make mana, and now you the only other, you know, card in your hand is an island, and now you can't, you, yeah. you don't have black or whatever, or red. So, anyways, um, I think uh, I think red is very appealing uh, for me still. I, uh, also, some of the cards that the deck really gets sucker punched by are like Leobold and Narset, and both of them are like really beautifully handled by this one mana instant. Um, so, I, I think I'm pro- I'll probably stay on red. I know that um, Ethan, I can't remember his, his last name, he's Monkeys Can't Cry, and he's also had some really good results with, uh, or he's had amazing results, really, with, with, with Mean Deck Doomsday, and he plays Bug, and he has continued to play that, and I, part of me kind of want to try that with, like, 
no red, just, you know, uh, decays and, uh, and I guess, carpet and veil and stuff. But uh, whenever I've tried bug, I've just not... It, I haven't had the, the results. Uh, and I, I've tried it for sort of a, you know, a period of time, so... Interesting. Yeah, that that's uh that's that's good, man. So I thought it was funny, like looking at your sideboard, how how much it resembled a fair deck in like the numbers, like two abrupt, or sorry, two uh, abrade and mm. um, two baleful strix and and three extra blasts. Where you're basically playing, I mean, you're not playing like Infernal Tutor or something. You're not actually playing a tutor deck or a wishboard or anything like that. But you are playing Doomsday where you can you can find these cards and put them in your piles. So not having you know not having bullets like these these very specific sort of bullets like Pyroclasm and stuff. I right, thought that right. was really a sign of strength in in regard to those matchups and, and just sort of. Uh, it, it made sense when you said Delver was your worst matchup, that you're really just trying to show up the blue matchups, right? Yeah, I think... Um, well, I think Delver specifically, because um, I, I, I think that the other blue matchups, uh, like Snoko, and I've actually seen quite a bit of Miracles lately, which was not there for a long time, but those kinds of controlly, like I would say mid-range mid to control on that specter, um... I think the deck is really well poised against them um, because, and I think that's that probably speaks to one of the the fundamental strengths of the deck is that it is very compact. Like you don't have like four show and tell, four sneak attack, uh, four Emrakul, four Grizzlebrand. I, I know the numbers might vary, but you know, like you 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 can you can sort of minimize the amount of quote unquote bad cards outside of the combo, and you get to run like a lot of disruption. Like, when I was on Ant, I think, and it probably still is true, it was like the, the standard disruption package would be like like seven discard spells, maybe. And um, I think Show and Tell, I played Show and Tell, and I think I had like uh, four Force and then like three more, like two Pierce and a Flusterstorm or something. But we get to play like, you know, four Force, four Days, uh, and then four other four to five other pieces if you would want to. Like, I'm running three discard spells and a Pyroblast, but that could be, you know, Flusterstorms or Veil if you're on green or whatever. And it just means that I think those decks that... The, the control decks are just like, um, you know, we'll put up a fight, you know, if it's if, if it's like on the stack. And, and once if you have Cavern, then, you know, once you get to actually resolve Doomsday, it feels very close to being deterministic it obviously isn't but it's close right so um but but yeah i was trying to shore up delver and um i don't know like i'm I've, you know the sideboard is a work in progress obviously and um uh yeah i, I don't know what we we've we've been talking like some people want what some people do is like they want to bring in an alternative win con for delver like some sort of bomb you know mentor was in in white right but but something like that or like a planeswalker but We've yet to really find. I have, anyways. I know some people were playing like Liliana of the Last Hope, but more as like a fun of. I think I tried that, and it just like it it doesn't work well against like uh, their mandrills and their tar tarmogoyf. So yeah, yeah. The other thing that kind of struck me was um, the the mid range decks are increasingly like Uro decks because they're trying to beat Delver too, right? Yeah. So. So like you don't care about Uro at all. Like like 
you know, fetch land tendrils, that would be a problem. You know, not not yeah, an unworkable yeah. problem because, you know, they're going at a certain speed and how many times, you know, maybe you cast an escape row and that's it. But you don't care about life totals. The clock of an arrow, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're you're far more concerned about something like mandrels or something like uh, even Teferi, right? Something like that rather than uh, Uro, which is the direction that they seem to really be wanting to go now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Teferi is a problem because it invalidates our own counter spells. So, like, you feel like if, if you're sitting on a counter spell and they and you and you can target it at the Teferi, you kind of have to because once it lands, then the card is sort of lost to you, anyways. But um, in terms of Uro, I like. I think people for a while, at least, were like overvaluing it in in combo matchups. They were like. It's like this trinket, right? You know, you see it and you have to play it because it's so amazing. It draws cards and it gives you life and it's just amazing. So, like, I was I was having, like, Land's opponent not port me to play their Uro <laughs> back when Land's were, like, you know, wanting to, 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 to try out Uro and stuff like that. And I think, um, I think people will, like, tap out for Uro and then hope to, like, if they have Land, obviously, that they, they can then put it into play. But if, if they don't hit the Land because it's so enticing and that's sort of that doesn't bother me you know then hopefully we can like just untap and, and win with the days or something but i think like it's uro coming into play for, uh, you know through the back door when they escape it you kind of have to either be able to win almost you know when, once you get the turn back or you have to answer it because um the 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 six power you know it makes it so that very quickly you can't pass a turn because, you know, if you're at 13 or lower, you'll just die uh, true, yeah, true. On, the, on the swing back. So. But, but I think, like, stuff like that and Oko, even though Oko, you know, it, it surprised me a bit in, uh, when I started playing, uh, comp, like, when I got back into Legacy, how relatively quickly they put on a clock with Oko. But it's still, like, it's this three-mana walker that's super-duper in the mid-range mirror and then, you know, against Delver, but it doesn't do that much against combo. So I think, like... Yeah, the the, the mid-rangey decks are, are kind of decent enough matchups for us. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, Tom, did you have anything you wanted to add? No, I honestly, most of the time that I was sitting here during this episode, I was thinking about how much what you've said makes sense to me. Like, I haven't thought about Doomsday as deeply as you have, obviously, but I, I can't wait for our listeners to be able to hear this. Cool. Yeah, this is the yeah. first time we're bringing them good content in like three weeks, right? Been... <laughs> three, three weeks? It's been months. <laughs> well, no, we had episode 100. Oh, no, I guess that was six weeks ago at this point, right? So, yeah, it's been pretty brutal. It's been it's been slim pickings, man. We've been traveling a lot, summertime. I've been, sure. I've been struggling with my internet and everything. So, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're really leaning on you for this one, bro. So we appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, no, no sure. No technical difficulties, which is what we'd expect with uh, a guest coming from the country of Rasmus Lerdorf and uh, <laughs> what, what's the guy who invented Ruby, Dan, David Hansen or Dan Hansen or something? Oh a gosh, of, a lot of the best uh, computer developers are are from Denmark. What do you call that? Danish? Yeah, Danes? Danish. Danish. Yeah, we're Danes from Denmark and we're Danish. So yeah. Also Legos, right? Yeah, I was actually just in Legoland uh, <laughs> with my family, believe it or not. Yeah, that's a theme park. Step on any? 
What, sorry? Did you step on any Legos? No, no, I I've somehow managed. I, I, I do that at home, though, so I <laughs> felt like I was due a, you know, a stretch without stepping on them. Nice. What's the beer in Denmark, man? I don't even know. Well, I mean, probably like everywhere, there have been like a ton of like microbreweries sprouting up and a lot oh, of no. nice beer. But I think like the, the, the sort of household names are like Carlsberg. I don't know if you have that in, in the States. Oh, I yeah, I know it's like it's a, it's uh, exported a lot, but I don't know if if if, if you drink it in, in the states. It's just a lot, like a lager, I think. Uh, and but you know that the the the, the main brand one. It's kind of, I, it reminds me a bit of he- of Heineken. Yeah, I always uh, thought it was from Amsterdam. Actually, it's funny you said that. Yeah, no, no, it's uh, it's from Denmark. Um, it's like the Danish Heineken, I guess. Um, so they're sort of similar in brand as well. Nice. Also, uh, Tico Brahe from from Denmark, right? We we have oh, to shout yeah, out. Yeah, we always yeah. have to shout out Tico. But, oh yeah, the the bladder guy, right? Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We get that story. <laughs> We've had several. Yeah, yo, you've heard that same story, so it's not just like a a, a legend that we tell or whatever. I I think it might be you know like a, a myth that yeah. probably wasn't it happened didn't happen like that or or maybe not at all but uh, the, yeah the story right he he went to dinner with the with the the king or the queen uh, yeah. and and you you're not allowed to to leave the table until the regent leaves the table and yeah he had to take a piss and then you know <laughs> I guess like his bladder burst is the story but uh, I, yeah I'm not sure if it did that's you know horrible way to go i guess but uh it's pretty ballsy though you know because <laughs> pee is stored in the balls yeah yeah i was but. actually gonna i i had been looking forward to because you guys always seem to be like getting your drink on during these episodes right? i know i'm sorry man <laughs> no 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 it's fine because i actually i have to like it's it's getting late here but i have to get in the car and drive to uh to hook up with my family in a little bit so i couldn't even oh, drink if, even if i wanted to Oh, you're the not timing to worked out perfectly day? then, because it's like it's like four in the afternoon here for us. Right. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would be getting looks from my wife if I uh, if I went and did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, in a, I I'm in an empty office. I, I could do it, but I can't. There's no beer here. <laughs> I actually have like a non-alcoholic beer in the fridge, but just, that just seems like sad to, uh, to you know sully this episode with with that. So I'm not. I'm not gonna. <laughs> we, we appreciate, appreciate that. It. We'll have to have you back on, man. We'll we'll have you on for our uh, what our next happy hour. What, what do we do? What do we call that, Tom? For for that live episode, what do we call that? I don't know. What, what are we talking about? Power again? hour. The power, power, power hour. There we go. Oh, oh, Jesus! We can't do that again, can we? Yeah, oh, we might have to. We'll have Martin on for our next power <laughs> yeah. hour. I don't know. Could cool. Marcus handle it, bro? What do you think? Should this be a Scandinavian, uh, U.S. sort of? Uh, I don't know. I'm sure he'd be down. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We'll try it, man. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. We really appreciate it. If people want to find you, uh, Martin, do you, so wait, do you just put your videos on uh, YouTube or do you stream as well? I've actually been, I've just been like speaking to Romario and a few others to, to get some, get the lowdown on how to set up a stream. And I think I will probably venture into that at some point in the uh, near future, hopefully, but uh, up until now and probably for a little bit more, I'm just making videos and putting them out on my YouTube channel, which is, yeah, like you said, it's YouTube 
slash uh, Martin Nielsen in one word, underscore Neville Shoot in one word. And, um, and I think if you type in like Legacy Doomsday, Neville Shoot maybe, I don't know, in the search engine and in YouTube, you'll find you'll find it. Um, so yeah, and, and I... <laughs> I'm I'm terrible. I'm not. I'm I'm only really on Facebook. I try to be on. I've I've tried to go on. I tried to go on Twitter now because that's I I I I'm hearing that's where you need to be, but I'm not. Uh, I I I post there, but um, I think I'm Martin F S Nielsen. Um, this okay. was stupid, right? You know, you should have one name, right? Uh, on all platforms, but so yeah, and and uh, if if not there, then then people could uh, can can find me on Discord in the Doomsday. Uh, chat where I'm Neville Shoot, or on MTG The Source. You know, if people, if anyone's still venture there, rock and roll, it's man. It's been a long time since I've been on the Source. Yeah, me too, actually. Bro, what is Doomsday on the Source? I was on there today trying to find it. I I honestly don't know if there is a mean deck. I know I there's a DDFT. It. There's a DDFT, and that's I've that it's, it's like seven years since I went on that. So I, I wouldn't even be able to tell you what's you know if if it's if anyone has even posted people aren't sadly right people aren't really posting on the source anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, it's sad, but it is what it is, right? I mean, it's Discord world now, Twitter world, whatever. Yeah, yeah, for but. sure. Uh, but it's much less like um, archival friendly, at least exactly what I've, what I've seen. Um, it's so nice that you can find, you can actually you know bookmark or whatever like page. 67 out of 250 where you know that's where the this part of the discussion took place right but if it's in discord it just gets swallowed up by the you know discard the discord engine yeah it sucks man i definitely feel you on that one so yeah we appreciate it we'll uh we'll have to talk about this future power hour and maybe uh getting back greenland at some point from you guys but if tom oh, no if you oh, no. find let's you, not tom let's not go uh, there <laughs> On Twitter, how can they find you, Tom? You can find me at TSmileyMTG and on our Discord as well. In fact, we just put out our t-shirts Oh shit! people are excited about them, so maybe I'll put the link in the episode. Wait, that's a real thing that that link you sent me? Yeah, we've sold like like 10 or 15 people have gotten them so far. That wasn't wasn't fake, like we actually did it. Oh, I thought it was just like a preview link you sent me. I didn't realize that they were actually, you could buy them. Yep, they are are live now. Oh, sick, dude. I'm going to get one. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, oh yeah, Tom. If people want to find you, did we just do that? We did. We did that. All right. Deadformatcast at gmail dot com. Ian eighteen twenty five on Twitter for the time being. And yeah, that's a wrap.